Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, we are back for people just getting out of church. The two big football-related injury announcements. Uh, Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, not playing today for Kansas City. Adam Thielen in uniform, expected to play today for the Vikings. Mike, you spent a fair amount of time on the Vikings complex this week. I did, and I tried to see if you wrote before we knew if Patrick Mahomes would play or not, about that and about his own performance and a little interesting note about his high school days. Mahomes. Xavier, oh, you want to start with Mahomes? Oh, <laughs> just, just get right to When you see him, forget whether you know he's going to play or not, what do you, what do you see? You see a quarterback as an MVP. Simple. Simple. Does everything. Yep, to his team. Get his team, get his players open, make great throws, make great decisions. Um, have his player make plays, you know, and um, that's what a leader. That's fun. That's they lead on the team, and that's what he doing. He leading his guys. Do you study quarterbacks a lot during the week, or do you study offensive coordinators, or do you just say, "Here's the plays that they run"? You study everything you possibly can to get a help on, get a lead on that week. You know, you study him, study uh, study Matt Moore, study the, the, the receivers, the the concepts, the down and distance, study everything you possibly can to try to get a jump on those guys and try to get a try to get a win. And that's just video study all yeah, the time? All the time. And they're doing the same to you? Yes, yeah, football. Do you, I mean do you try to figure out what they see when they look at your tape too? Yeah, I mean they studying they studying us just as much as you're trying to study them. You were uh, ten days ago was the last time you guys played and you were down on yourself, you're mad at yourself. Did you kind of process that since then? What's that? You mean, did you kind of, you know, sometimes you have a bad day and then you got to come back from it. Did you, because you were pretty upset with yourself more than anything else. Yeah. Are you able to get through that quickly? Yeah, you have to. It's a game. We move on. Uh, you can't dwell on the past, can't dwell on the last game. You know, you just learn from your mistake and just play next. And you're a veteran, so you've been through a lot of yeah, stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that, I mean, now and I've been through a lot, seen a lot. So, you know, you just move from it. You have to. If you don't, you dwell on it, then it's going to mess you up for the next game and the previous games next. Last question off the beaten path, the high school football playoffs tonight in Minnesota all over. I assume you probably won a state championship in high school. Huh? I didn't. Didn't? No. How far did you go? First round. Come on. No, that's right. Were you playing both ways? Uh, play receiver and running back. And they shut you down? What happened? Was it... No, it just, they just knew who to stop. You? Yeah. And, <laughs> and you, the guy named Mike. And that, that was, was it. it. Stop us till you win the game. And that's what they did. Yep. Boy, nothing like rubbing salt in the wounds, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised. I did an unofficial three-person survey out there. But, of course, you know, when you talk about how far the guys go – Adam Thielen never got out of the section playoffs. Nope. C.J. Ham never got out of the section playoffs. Um, Marcus Sherrills, when he played, never got out of the section playoffs. Uh, it, it, you're reminded of what a team game football is and how hard it is, and no matter how good you are, that doesn't mean that you can – it's not like basketball mm-hmm. where, where you're, you're pretty much – you'd be shocked if they weren't in the state tournament. You catch up with anybody else while you're out there? I did. Stephen Weatherly, a little high school talk, but a lot more. Uh, Vikings defensive end. 
Cold weather bother you at all? Does it make big differences if you're playing in warm or the cold? Uh, no, not at the end of the day. Once you start moving, it's all the same, especially with all this uh, cold weather gear we get here. <laughs> yeah, you're good to go, right? Yeah. Uh, I was toasty the other day at practice. Uh, it's going to be a little bit warmer, around like 50s or something this weekend, so uh, preparing for the elements, worst of the worst. Mahomes or not Mahomes, does it change much during the week? Uh, no, we're just preparing for all aspects of their offense like we do every week. They have a few more wrinkles than the average team, but uh, we put in a good work of preparation. It's all about executing at this point. And they got a lot of playmakers. Oh, absolutely. They got a, a track team out there. Everyone's moving fast, and so uh, it's about getting there and uh, being disruptive when we get there. Loud stadiums, I mean, it's more effective maybe for the offense, but what, 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 how do you, does it matter much to you on defense? Well, no, because... Uh, quieter then. Yeah, it should be, it should be quieter, um, but we still want to make some noise when Whenever we get a turnover, make a big play, something like that, then it's up to the offense to stay on rhythm and execute to keep the crowd uh, quiet. By the end of the game, hopefully there's a few empty seats than when it started. Does this defense not have to even, I mean, you communicate all the time, but is it less and less talked along do you play with each other because you just know each other so well? Absolutely. Uh, prime example are our two backers, Barr and Kendricks. They'll just look at each other during the practice um, and just convey, Nate, we're going to do it like this, or we're going to do it like this. You see them talking, you hear them talking every play about, hey, if this happened next time, let's try it like this or something like that. And up front, we all rush together as one unit. You don't have to block four, four defensive linemen. You have to block the defensive line because we know how, how each other's going to rush. I know how D's going to move. I, Griff knows how I'm going to move. We both know how LJ and Shamar, and then when it goes to nickel, how the two interior guys, are, how, how they're going to rush. So. Uh, it's like that everywhere for all position groups, too. So, uh, yeah, the longer you play together, the less you got to talk. Last high school football playoffs here in Minnesota. What, what are your recollections of playing in high school football playoffs? What do you remember the most about tournaments and playoffs? Never. We never we make made it. it. We never made it. No, we were bad. Come on. We had dog tags, man, when we won eight games one year. <laughs> In high school, because it was the it was the best record, and I believe still is the best record that North Carolina high school has ever had in eight win season, seven win season. But that wasn't good enough to get you in the playoffs in their form. No, we missed it by one. We missed it by one that year. But it was still a a great thing, and um, that's the closest I ever came. It was a great moment trying to take a school that's never had success and and bring it success. Oh man, you brought it up. All right, little, guys. Little we, we, there, yeah. We think we got Bobby Bell coming up in about six, seven minutes. World Series. Sid, what'd you think of the World Series? Whoops, he doesn't have his headset on. Mike. World Series, I thought was really, you know, it wasn't. Hey, that, it wasn't that the game. Who is your no, biggest? No, 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 no. We are not talking to Bobby Bell yet. Okay. Who is your no. biggest? <laughs> no, no, no. We are not talking about this. All right. So we're talking about the World Series. We'll have Bobby Bell in five minutes. <laughs> World Series. What did you think of the World Series? World Series. The World Series. It was, yeah. It just ended. Okay. Why? Uh, Who expected them to go into four straight? You've been a Washington fan, uh, you know, uh, since the days of Bucky Harris and Walter Johnson. Montreal franchise, and they had to build it up, build it up, build it up, and they did it. Mike? Yeah, and I was surprised how many. Uh, this really shocked me. There were a number of politicians on both sides of the aisle that tried to kind of claim victory that this was their team after that was over. <laughs> Wasn't that funny? <laughs> and we're, Washington's a part of us. It was uh, The games weren't necessarily great. They were good, at least for the first five or six innings. I thought in Game 7 we had one of those magical Zach Grinke. You, know, you all go back to Jack Morris yeah. in Game 7. and you look Could like, have been. It felt like it. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and, and they, maybe they took him out too soon. I don't know. But uh, you really, Dave and I, you and I were talking about a little bit earlier – it, it, it did remind you how much talent there is out. 
Oh, Sid, we'll talent, let you know when we have Bobby yeah. Bell. <laughs> how much talent there is out there? How many good baseball players? Yeah, are guys, out you there? you don't hear that much about during the year because right. we don't see Washington. But you know, one thing I, I learned, and shame on me, there's been some things about the Houston franchise is a very much unloved franchise it's at certain levels nationally uh because of some of the things they do in the front office and disregard for for people and boy and, they, uh, and did back and, in and right did. Now. they have they there were a couple of online pieces that uh would would have probably turned you into a fan of washington if you went into that neutral yeah i don't know why was it that washington people were such big fans of washington in this series it seemed like overall just because they haven't it's won the, it yeah it's, it's the underdog it's you know, uh, to me it was like i really don't have a dog in this fight uh, but i like watching the games in case people don't know strasburg uh is available opted out uh, opted out no Another name that just came across the TV a few months ago, Alex Gordon. I can't think of Alex Gordon in anything but a Kansas City uniform. Yeah. He's he's a free agent. They they yep. decided not to re-up. Sid was going to say something. Sid, uh, were you going to say something about baseball? Huh? Oh, okay. okay. Uh, why, don't, why don't we take a break here to make room? If things go well, Bobby Bell is on the field at Arrowhead. We'll try to get him during this break. Remember, after Bobby Bell, it's Lindsey Whalen and then Glenn Mason. Going to be a good for the last 45 minutes. Stick around. Join us. Sports Huddle. Sid, Dave, and Mike. We are back. And, Sid, before we talk to Bobby Bell, I know you want to say something about Starkey. Starkey is the greatest company in in fixing people up with hearing aids. If you can't hear, you want to go to Starkey in Eden Prairie, talk to Bill Austin and the rest of the group, and I'll guarantee they help me out, and I'll tell you what. They helped them. Starkey and Eden Prairie. All right, Sid, on the radio right now, we're not supposed to play favorites, but I know one of your all-time favorite gopher football players was none other than Bobby Bell, who joins us right now from Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Hey, who is your biggest Bell factor when you're at the University of Minnesota? Who is my biggest? Sid Hartman. <laughs> There, he got everything he needed, Bobby. <laughs> Sid can leave now. He got what he needed for his column. I broke every I broke every rule in the book, didn't I? And taking care of you? I, I guess you did, Sid. I tell you, people don't realize it, though, but uh, at the beginning of my years, up, you didn't want to talk to me. After, after that, you know, I read, you know, you turned out to be just like a dad to me, you know. Once he found he out did. you were a decent player, <laughs> that's what you're saying. <laughs> but, you know, Sid, Sid didn't think I was going to be able to play up there, you know. And the thing is, though, once I started playing, you know, and he did take care of me. I think he, he had to keep my tennis shoes on me or a coat so I don't get cold and freeze. So, you know, I got to know him real well. I, I owe a lot to Sid Hartley, you know. Hey, Bobby, this, this is Dave Bona. Did, did you ever have a serious conversation with Marie about playing quarterback? Because I saw you on the practice field. You'd have been a fine quarterback. Well, I could have played quarterback, but we had, we had a great quarterback in Sandy Steve. Yeah, he was pretty so, good. Man, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the coach said, you know, he wanted to – he said he, he, he took me in his office <laughs> one day and said, hey, uh, Bobby, he said, uh, I know you can play quarterback, but I, I want the best players on my team, all at the same time. He said, but I'm going to move you to offensive tackle. I said, tackle? I mean, I want some ball handling, some man handling. <laughs> uh, yeah, tackle. I said, Coach, I can't play tackle. I don't know how to play that. 
He said, well, we're going to teach you how to play tackle. <laughs> and they did. They did, I yeah. Thought, Oh, yeah. Bobby, you're at Arrowhead Stadium right now. Give us a weather report. What's it feel like at Arrowhead today? Well, the Arrowhead, we got three games in a row here at home. We got to win a game. I know Minnesota is tough. They got the running going and everything. And we got we got about four or five guys to hurt that then uh, they won't even be able to play this day. So, I don't know. I'm looking for a good game today. I, I'm sitting here rooting for the Chiefs, you know, because we have lost the last three games here at home. And uh, Minnesota's got to come in here with their best game, though, to beat us, because we got we had to change our quarterback. You know, Patrick Mahone is not playing, yep. and he's going to be out for the next uh, week here. And we got a bye coming up, so that's going to help us out. And we're going to have him ready to go for the, the last four or five games of the year. Did the Vikings ever come close to signing you? I know Max Winter had a lot of talk with you, but they wouldn't pay the money. That uh, Mr. Hunt paid a lot of money to a lot of players. Well, what's happened there, you know, uh, Van Brockman said, now, you know, I, I, was, I wanted to place with the Vikings, but, you know, they offered me something like 20000 a year. And uh, I end up, you know, I say, hey, that sounds good, you know, but I needed to get a contract. Hey, you know about this. I wanted a guaranteed contract to be that for you. And uh, they wouldn't do it. And, and back then, the NFL would not do that. And Lamar Hunt came in and offered me a five-year, a five-year contract and 30000 a bonus, and he guaranteed it. No cut. So I had it. It said, I, if you remember, you called me when I was in land and done conditioning office. You called me and said, hold off. Don't sign yet. <laughs> Don't sign yet. Now he was working said, for the Vikings. <laughs> and I, he said, Don't sign. Let me get back to you. So I waited for you, and you came back. You know, I guess they. Uh, Van Brocken said he just they won't give me one, you know, or something, you know. But Sid, you did something. You said, hey, if you want a guarantee, we can find somebody to guarantee the contract. And I said, well, Sid, you don't have to do that. Lamar gave, he took they took, took care of me, and I can't look over my shoulder. And say, I did the right, I did the wrong thing, you know. I think I did the right thing by coming to the Chiefs because it's been good to me over the years, you know. My plans for the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, I had an opportunity to meet a lot of people, go around the world, got to know five presidents. Well, one of the things, you know, that was my guy, you know, Sid Hartman. You were on my side, and that's the thing Bobby, your phone's breaking up a little bit. We, we, we got most of that. I just wanted to clarify a little bit. You signed with Lamar Hunt, one of the richest guys in the world, but didn't he, weren't you in a taxi with him, and he, he, he got out of the cab and let you pay the bill? Just Yeah, I, you know, the thing is that I, I went through to New York right after we agreed. He didn't have a contract. He shook my hand, and Mr. Lane and Mr. Knutson said, well, his handshake is just like a contract. <laughs> we get to New York. We get to New York. I'm going like, okay. 
He said, how are you getting to your hotel? I said, I guess I can stay out. He thought I was going to get a limo service from the All-American all American team. And I said, I can't stay And we went through the toll back in 1962. The toll was $0.15. And the driver held his hand back and said, hey, you guys have to pay the toll and the taxes. <laughs> it was $0.15. Lamar haven't moved. I reached my pocket, gave fifteen cents, <laughs> and then Lamar took us to his hotel first. I said, "Wait a minute, this is not right." He took me into the hotel. He gets out. He asked me, "Do I have any money?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "Well, you have to take care of the cab." And I got to my hotel. I called Mr. Lang and Don Peniston back at the office, and I told them, "I said, hey, I don't know if I did the right thing." I said, "Lamar, on." LeVar Hunt is broke. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, I you would have had the same experience with Sid Hartman if he'd have been signing you. <laughs> nah, Sid would have picked up the cab fare. Sid's got a question for Bobby. Bobby Bell, give this guy your address, and I'll send we got you. It. Sid, we're all taken care of. You got the address? We've got the address. Hey, next time you Well, he's coming here on Friday. Yeah, give us your take on the Gophers, Bobby. Uh, how about that I'm... great picture of you in the lobby of... Uh, at the University of Minnesota. That is the best picture that I have. I cherish that. As you walk into the University of Athletic Department, you see me on the wall there, not in a football outfit, but in a uh, gown. Cap and, and gown. Cap. Yep. That's unreal. You know, that's the, I tell people, oh, that, that is top of my pyramid because I promised my dad I'll get my degree, and I went back. And, you know, by going back to the university and got my degree four years ago, you know, I might have been the oldest graduate there <laughs> in years. But the thing is, though, the athletic department honored my scholarship. They would not let me pay for it. Then. I mean, they would not let me pay for it. They took care of it, you know, and I finished it, you know. And, I, you know, hey, I was happy. I got an opportunity to make my dad, you know, I, promise him that and I finish it. And that's the that's the thing on my wall in my man cave is my degree and the uh New York Times, you know, they did the thing that went all over the world. Yeah. And I got I got more PR from that getting my degree than I did playing football. Hmm. Bobby, for people who want to hear more of your stories, you are going to be the featured guest at the Goal Line Club at Jack's on Friday. So for people in our listening audience, there are still seats available, although well, when I was there a week ago, it was pretty close to sold out. But if check it out, because if you like the stories Bobby told today, you're going to hear a lot more like it this Friday. Sid, final words. We're going to issue a certificate that Murray's will send it to your house. We've got your address. You can have a good stake at Murray's. Is it go like right. meeting Friday? Yeah, they're meeting Friday. Bobby's the guest. Here you guest. Yep. I'll I'll try and see you. Thanks, All right, Bobby. Then I'll be, I'm gonna be look, I'm gonna be looking for you next week though. I'm be, I'm gonna be up there for a couple of days. Sid's easy to find, right. Bob. Hey, Bobby, thanks so much for joining us from the field at Arrowhead. How many like, credits short is Sid? About, you talking about going back? About four years. About four years short? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they'll honor his scholarship. We know thanks, that. Bobby. we gotta, yeah. make, we got to make way for Lindsey Whalen. Quick break, come back, talk, go for women's basketball with Coach Whalen. You're listening to the Sports Huddle. Sid, Dave, and Mike. We are back. This is always fun. We get a chance to talk to Lindsey Whalen. Now, Lindsey, you're starting the season this week. You've got a game, afternoon game against uh, Missouri State, 3 o'clock on uh, 
Tuesday afternoon. How do you like your team so far? Well, so far it's been a real good uh, month of practice, so we're ready to play more than anything. I think the the team is ready to play against somebody else, and so it's time to go out there and and tip it up and and get into the season. They've been working hard and um, just excited about what's to come for the team. How are you different in year two than year one? Uh, well, I've coached a basketball game yeah. um, from, you know, coming in. I, I hadn't coached a game last year, so I, you know, coaching 30-some games, you just know a little more what to expect. I've gone through uh, September and then October and everything, so it's, um, oh, it's been good. It's been it's been fun. Just a little bit more of um, understanding what to expect and what, uh, what you want your September and October to look like as you prep for games in November, so um, I think just – all, all in all, you're always learning and every and everything, but just all in all, having that experience from year one is um, is definitely a good thing. Hey, Lindsay, nice announcement during the week. Star Tribune is bringing back the long-awaited return of the Minnesota Sports Hall of Fame, and you're going to go in. They took one person in last year. His name was Sid Hartman. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that name. He's only been doing his job here for 75 years on the uh, Minneapolis Tribune, and he's standing by to ask you a question right now. Sid, say hi to Lindsay Whalen. Lindsay, how was your recruiting class for this year? Are you got some players who can play on a regular basis? Well, this year, so we have, um, so this year on our team, we have, we have five freshmen. And so we've got uh, three of them that really have, uh, that really have stood out um, in in practice so far. Uh, Jasmine Powell uh, will be our backup point guard um, from Detroit. She's, um, she's had a really good uh, fall. Sarah Stalia from Stillwater. Um, she's going to be very impactful for our team. She's um, she's had a great fall as well. Um, you know, Clark Sconiers from from Christ the King out in New York will um, you know be able to to come in and contribute a little bit as well. So uh, we we like it. We like the fact that we've got some freshman guys that'll contribute. And um, you know, in uh, later in November we'll be able to talk about um, this year's class who's going to come in for next year. But uh, but right now, we'll we'll wait on that announcement and everything. But this year's freshman class, um, so far in practice, has been uh, really really good for us. Getting Godiva Hubbard back's got to be a real plus. It was tough to see her in the bench all of last year. Yeah, yeah, that was that was tough for me as well, uh, uh, Dave. It was um, you know she's someone who who averaged 13 points in that um, you know that year that they went to the NCAA tournament out in Oregon, and so having her back, just that experience, someone who's played in those type of games, it's huge for us and. I know she's itching to get back as well after missing a full year. It's it's nice to have Gadeev in practice and um, you know, working with her has been been great. She's really pushed herself and it's gonna be fun to see. Um the Gopher fans are gonna be uh real excited to have her back in the lineup uh come Tuesday afternoon. Lindsay, you made the rounds recruiting nationally, of course, in the off season like coaches do. What was that experience like the first time through? And and when do you go to these games or the you know, the kind of these all star get togethers, AAU tournaments, whatever they are and do you know exactly who you're going to watch, or do you have a lot of times where somebody pops out at you that you didn't have on your list, or you see somebody else and you go after them? Well, you know, we have our list, and so you go out and you're you're watching. You have your kind of your schedule when you go out to these tournaments of who you're going to watch, and and it's and it's 14 hours a day of, of in the gym. It's from 8 a.m. to about you know 10 p.m. So it's those days are long, but it's worth it when you get to you know, watch the talent. And then, and then when you get to, to bring them on campus through their recruiting visits, you get to really know them as people as well. So, um, and their whole family and everything, but uh, every so often, yeah, there's somebody who will, who will, will see. And, and, you know, mostly the younger kids by, 
by the time they're juniors, uh, even sophomores and juniors, you kind of know your, your group and everything, but every so often there's kind of a late bloomer that, that stands out. And then, you know, then you start, you start recruiting them and, and start working to get them. But um, yeah, for the most part, we have our list um, out there and, and we're ready to go from, uh, from the start of those tournaments. You have one player that can carry you the load for you this year. Well, uh, you know, I think it's going to be our, you know, our quote unquote big three with um, Destiny Pitts, Ty Bello, and Jasmine Brunson, our three returning starters. Destiny Pitts was all conference last year. Ty Bello was honorable mention. Love to see her get to that uh, that all conference level. Um, but it's a tough conference, so we'll see. She, she's, um, you know, we got to work for it. But those three, will, will we will rely on a lot on. Um, you know, it's nice that, um, you know, knock on wood, Mercedes Staples has been healthy. She's had a really good fall as well, and she's um, she's shooting it really well right now. So, um, but you know, we'll 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 go as we as that kind of that big three goes this year, and um, you know, two seniors in that group. It's it's their last go around in college basketball. So, um, you know, we have a lot of faith and trust in them, and we'll um, you know we'll kind of hitch our our wagon to them and and see where they bring us. Well, as you're looking at your roster, occurs to me, are we going to see any four guard offense this year? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, quite a, quite a bit. Yeah. Um, we've got uh, you know a junior college transfer and in, and in, uh, in Masha Adedoshik. Um, she's coming in from uh, from Texas, and she'll play a little bit of two through four. And so we she's somebody who we can kind of plug in at a lot of different spots. And she's um, I think she's going to be someone who's very exciting for Gopher fans this year. She's uh, she plays with the tenacity and and just an excitement level for the game that I think our fans are going to be really, I've been impressed with, but I think our fans are going to really instantly um, gravitate towards her as, as someone who's going to help us this year on the floor. And, but yeah, there's no question. We, um, you know, we got a lot of guards that can, uh, that are very versatile and, and we are going to definitely play, play some of that and, you know, be able to space the floor and hopefully knock some threes down and, and get in the paint as well. You know, that, and that's been the big transformation in basketball in general is saying, hey, mm-hmm. everybody was so fixated on getting enough big people in their program. And then somebody says, you know what, <laughs> maybe we can just do this without. How do you decide if, if they're big and physical and will you still go four guards you know, to negate that? Or do you always have to account for big people? Well, you got to have you have to have both. You have to have some bigs. But, I, you know, I uh, you know, there's it's just what it is, too. There's just more. There's more guards available when you look at the recruiting. Yeah. You know, it's it's tough to get what Baylor had last year with those two uh, bigs and Kalani Brown and and, uh, and Amber Cox. It's it, it's tough, and that you know, so you want you're obviously going to recruit them and and you want them, and we're going after those big kids, no doubt. But um, at the same time, if you know, there's a lot of there's more there's just more position at the kind of the one through four position available, um, and so it's just kind of. Uh, it's what it is. It's just what, you know, how the, how the, the game has kind of transformed and gone. And like you said, it's, um, you know, Carl on the Timberwolves, Carl Anthony Towns is the center, you know, and he's out there shooting threes. And so um, it's, uh, it's just what it is. It's the way basketball is gone. And so we're going to, you'll definitely see, we'll, we'll have some games where we'll have a, a big lineup in there. No question, but um, you'll see a lot of four guards as well. Lindsay, before Sid gives you the Murray certificate, I just want to remind you and our listeners that on a panel about a year ago in response to the question, people said to you, if you couldn't be the gopher coach right now, what would you be doing? And I loved your answer. You said, I'd probably be on the sports huddle with Sid and Mike and Dave. So we're going to hold you to that. If this gopher coaching thing doesn't work out over the years, management here is well aware of what the future looks like for this show. Sid, do you want to give uh, uh, Lindsay the Lindsay Wellen for being on the show? We'll get you 
a marriage certificate. You and your husband can go have a, a great steak and talk football, talk golf and basketball. <laughs> Sounds great to me. Nothing better than that. Thank you so much. Hey, Lizzie, good luck. We'll see you at the game. Thanks, guys. Hi, that's Lizzie Whalen. We'll make room for uh, Glenn Mason. will be our next guest. We'll be right after this break. Sports Huddle. Sid, Dave, and Mike. And now the end is near And so I face the final curtain My friend I'll say it All right, clear. we are back to talk uh, Big Ten football I'll with Glenn Mason. Did you guys get paid like only halftime yesterday because there were so many buys? <laughs> we should we should have we should have got paid double time because that was some lousy football on yesterday. Uh, Wasn't that tough? Oh, not man. only in the not only in the Big Ten, but I mean nationally. I mean the way it played out and the number of top teams that had buys, it was unbelievable. Yeah, I, I actually felt a little sorry for you guys trying to fill because they're just – and it wasn't, as you said, it wasn't just Big Ten. I don't ever remember a week quite like this. Uh, I know everyone else is going to ask the same question, Glenn, but your thoughts on, well, the biggest gopher game in a long, long time, the Spence State game that's coming up at 11 o'clock Saturday. Yeah, it's really exciting, and there's no doubt that, you know, what a big game this is, and uh, uh, arguably it's got to be the biggest game, uh, you know, for the Gophers since uh, 2003 when I was there when we went to play Michigan. But, you know, the implications are, are bigger now because of, uh, you know, of the divisions in the Big Ten. And, you know, you, I, I think the, the race to win the division and get to Indianapolis and everything that else is in place. So it's uh, a little extra. It's very exciting and uh, a little different that you, both Penn State and Minnesota had bye weeks last week and everybody had to just kind of, uh, tread water getting ready for this week. Can Minnesota beat Penn State? Absolutely. You know, it's, uh, uh, you know, the thing about it, I, I think that, uh, you know, Penn State's a talented football team. They're a good football team. Uh, it's not like the World Series, the best out of seven. All you got to do is play them one time. You got to be a better team for 60 minutes. And, you know, you look at it, uh, the Gophers uh, have momentum. Uh, they've been getting better and better and better. And I'm not saying that Penn State hasn't been uh, in getting better, but uh, uh, you're playing in TCF Bank Stadium. There's a lot of emotion involved in this, and anything can happen. So, Coach, you, you've been the favorite. You've been the underdog as a coach. If you're Penn State, do you try to do something? Uh, I don't want to say out of the ordinary, but bring more pressure, do something in the first quarter, try to get in their head and say, you're not as good as you, you think you are, you haven't played anybody. Are, do you tr- intentionally try to do something like that to, to get in their psyche? No, I'm, Mike, I don't think so. I, I think what you got to do if you're James Franklin, and he's had a lot of success there, he's a good football coach, he's an impress on his guys. we got to be really good at what we do because we're playing a talented football team. And what we've been doing, if that's not good enough to beat them, then if you think we're going to dream something up uh, wrong, I'd be very hesitant to try to do something different because uh, the Minnesota team is, is too talented uh, and uh, too uh, has too much ability to take advantage if you slip up. Glenn, we talked a little bit about this last week, but obviously the Gophers will try to run the ball. They've got three really excellent running backs, maybe even deeper than that. But 
that's one of the strengths that Penn State has is stopping the run. Then you get into the passing attack. I think that's the most difference between this Gopher team and Gopher teams maybe the last 10 years is that if you stop the running attack, their passing attack is lethal. Yeah, they have the ability because of those wide receivers, uh, uh, you know, taking, you know, uh, really uh, short game plays and turn them into big plays. I've gone on the record a number of times saying I don't think anybody runs the slant route better uh, than the University of Minnesota. And, Dave, you're exactly right. This Penn State defense, uh, they're good, and they're especially good uh, against the run. You think that they're, you know, number one in the league. They're only giving up 68 yards uh, a game uh, versus the rush. You know, they're pretty they're pretty stout there. And the thing about it is that uh, if you can't run the football, you got to pass it. My concern it would be you better protect the quarterback because they've got 30 sacks on the year. They've got some outstanding defensive linemen. The guy, guy by the name of Yetter Gross Mattis, he's got five and a half sacks. Uh, Shaka Tani, another defensive uh, lineman who's got great range, five and a half sacks. Bobby Windsor uh, has had really good success there. And so even without having to blitz or go to some type of pressure package, they can put a lot of pressure on him. If Minnesota has a weakness, it's their pass defense and their pass rush. And uh, I don't think they've done very well. And Penn State is a great passing team. Well, I, I don't know if they're a great passing team or, or not, so i got to you know, disagree with you You know, a little bit. Uh, you know, they're, they're pretty good. Um their quarterback has been very effective. I think the big surprise in their team is Sean Clifford, the quarterback. I really thought they'd fall off greatly um, after Trace McSorley, the quarterback that they had for a number of years. He left because he made so many plays, and he could take a play that had nothing going and turn it into something. But this Sean Clifford, you know, he's a 62% passer, which is pretty darn good. He's thrown 20 touchdowns with only three interceptions, and he's made more uh, uh, gains using his legs that I thought was capable. So, um, you know, I, I think when you, you look at this, if you're going to, um, look at the strength of Penn State, you'd probably, I would probably agree with you. You'd say it's the, uh, it's the passing attack, but I'm going to tell you, they're not going to give up on the run. They got some good quality backs. They do not have a Saquon Barkley. I can tell you that. Hmm. That's the good news, but they're a good football team. Coach, uh, you, we saw that now the likeness and the NCAA saying, hey, you can get paid for likeness, all those things. If you were a coach and you saw that ruling come down, how would that change the way you looked at your program over the next five years? That's, that's a great question. Uh, first of all, you know, a lot of times everybody looks to, you know, coaches. Coaches don't make rules. We just have to deal with them, uh, you know, out there. But this thing has been long coming. You know, one of the things that I learned when I was at Kansas which is great and makes a lot of sense. Pigs get fed and hogs get slaughtered. And you think about what's happened in college athletics. There's more and more and more and more money being made. Everybody's capitalized on it. The coaches have capitalized on it. Assistant coaches have capitalized it. Coaches across the board, athletic directors, universities, and everything. The only people that seem like they're still have the same wage as those players uh, that have been playing out there. And you can't have a game without the players the last time I checked. So uh, I think that that uh, bill in the, in the legislature out in California, when that governor signed that, 
that became a whole new ball game. And then as states started jumping in, doing the same thing, it's amazing how fast the NCAA can act when they have to. They had a meeting <laughs> right away. They say, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Now they're all for it. You know, we're going to do it because they have no choice. Yeah. I'm not too sure that I don't agree with Jay Billis. that says, this is a stall tactic by the NCAA. They're saying, oh, yeah, we're for it, but we got to study it. Got to study it. What have you been doing for the last 30 years? <laughs> hey, Glenn, uh, you live here, so you see the, the stories, the headlines, obviously. A lot of attention paid to P.J. Fleck and who might be after him and what are his long-term prospects. A little bit under the radar, but online, a similar story is playing out about Antoine Winfield, Jr. Uh, you, you had plenty of experience as a head coach. Kid gets starts to get attention. He's, he's had four years at the University of Minnesota. He's certainly eligible to turn pro. How does that conversation go when a kid comes in at the end of the year and says, Coach, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about turning pro. What do you tell him? Uh, another great question. You know, I always thought if, if a player was in that situation, that it was my obligation, my first duty, to give him the best advice that I possibly could. And, you know, based on that, I always thought it would sit down and try to get he and his family all the knowledge and you know, he's going to advantage because he's got a dad that knows what it's all about. Yeah, I say Mary and Barbara was the same right. thing. He yep. had four years yeah. and came out, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, what my point being, I used to think, you know, if it makes uh, this right sense for him, I'm all for it. And in fact, I always thought if a guy was a first round pick or, you know, even a high second round pick and financially, was it to make a, a big, big difference? You know, how could you try to talk, you know, a young man, you know, out of that? And and saying that sometimes you just don't know, you know, Marion Barber talking about Marion Barber, he was not on the radar, and he wasn't even thinking about it. And then he had that great bowl game against yeah. Alabama, Alabama, and and ran over them like nobody ran over them. And all of a sudden, everybody is saying, "Wow, all this SEC backs uh, that everybody's trying to draft and talk to this kid at Minnesota might be better." And they came out of the woodwork and they sat down and decided to go. Great illustration, Sid. Then, Mason, I personally <laughs> mailed you a Murray's certificate last week. Threw it well, in the mail. Blame it on your post office. Yeah. Well, let yeah. me tell you something, Sid. Did you put a stamp on that? <laughs> See, now you're getting picky with him. Oh, you well, want everything. All right, we're running out of time, but, Glenn, we will settle this. He's not leaving until we see that envelope. And hey. I'm, Go ahead. Not, not settling. I'm coming down there personally. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people do yeah. to get those, yeah. I'm not texting you. I want you on next week. I got you, buddy. All right, thank oh, you. That's man. Glenn Mason. I want to thank our uh, – we're just about out of time here. Richard Patino, P.J. Fleck, uh, uh, Kevin Safansky, Xavier Road, uh, Weatherly, uh, um, Bobby Bell, Rinley's Whalen. Do it again next week. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.